just been reflecting on 2013. I know many of you guys, we all do that. We look back and we think, wow, what did God do? Or what have I accomplished? And all these things that we've gone through and the things we've seen and experienced. I know for myself, reflecting on this year, I just have been able to see so many of God's promises fulfilled, whether it's been in relationship or in these intimate promises God has shown me, whether my call to ministry being, you know, ordained, that, even that was a promise fulfilled in my life. And I know all of you too, when we look back, we think, man, God, like what a good God you are, because you're so faithful to us, even when I'm not. And um, I want to share Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 with you. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And when I think about this verse and I think about how it says we will not be consumed, and how many of you know sometimes we go through things and we think, man, this is going to take me out. That's what that's talking about, saying, no, you're not going to be consumed because of God's love. You're not going to be forgotten. And it's also saying that God's mercies are new every morning. So even when you, even when, for me, this means, Christina, even when you fall short, even when you mess up, my mercies are new for you. And God also is revealing to me, Christina, my promises for you still remain. So even when I mess up, even when I fall short, God's saying, Christina, just keep putting your trust in me. My promises remain for you. And so we can think about not just, wow, God, 2013 was full of promises, but not, and let's not look at 2014. What can I do? What can I become in 2014? But God, these are your promises that I'm holding on to in 2014. And I am believing and I am trusting in you, Jesus, for 2014. So let's, as a body of believers, you know, lift each other up in prayer, but also just trust and believe that God has the best for us and that we can trust in those promises. Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we come before you and we acknowledge your great love for us that keeps us from being consumed, that amazing mercy that you show us every morning, God. We come before you, we acknowledge that great love. We love you in this place, Lord Jesus. We, we ask that your perfect will be done in our hearts, in our lives, that you reveal yourself to us in every season, God, that what you have for us, what you're doing in our hearts and our lives, we commit this year to you, Lord Jesus. Have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Thank you for being here. In your name, Jesus, we worship you. We love you. Search my heart. Search my heart and search my soul. There's nothing else that I want more. Come on and sing, shine your light. Shine your light and show your face. 
more time just to voice it so with all so with all my heart and with all my soul with all with I everything am, I am Lord, Lord I will follow Everything I am, Southwell. You took from you, took my shame, It all behind. I follow you. Follow you. Lord, I will follow. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. No place I would rather. Then hear it. No place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. Come on, church. There's no place I would rather be. Oh, hearing of Oh, set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Yes, I want more. Set a fire, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. There's no place, no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. No place, no place I'd rather be. And here we go, sing it out. No place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. No place, no place I would rather be. Come on, sing, set a fire. We'll set a fire down in my soul.
wound me with your love And I'll never be the same again Cause you have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again Cause you have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again Cause you have wounded me with your love and I'll never be the same Come on, sing, you have You have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again You have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same Oh, sing, you have You have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again You have wounded me and I've tried to run And I've tried to hide But my heart burns It burns with your fire I tried to run, run, run and I try to hide, but my heart burns. It burns with your fire. I try, I try to run. I try to hide, but my heart burns. Let it burn, let it burn with your fire. I try. I try to run, run, run. Yes, I try to run, but my heart burns, but my heart burns. It burns me up. You have rooted me with your love, and I'll never be the same again. We'll sing out. You have rooted me. Voices, you have wounded me with your love, and I'll never, never be the same again. I'm wounded by your love, you have wounded me with your love, and I'll never it's be the so overwhelming. You have, you have wounded me with your love, overwhelmed, and I'll never be the same again. You have wounded me with your love. forever changed because of your mercy, because of your grace, because of your kindness, oh Lord. We're forever moved, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're filled with the gift of the Spirit right now, if you're 
If you speak in tongues, why don't you go ahead and sing in the spirit? Lift up your voice. Go ahead and pray in the spirit right now. It may be cold outside in Chicago. The weather may be horrible. Come on, but our God is an all-consuming fire. Come on. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Let him fill this place with this fire, with the presence of his spirit. Come on. Fill this place with your fire, oh God. We're no longer the same. Let your fire come down. Let your fire come down. Let the warmth of the Spirit burn in our hearts. Burn in our hearts. religious duty but God because we love you God and we love your church we love the body God we love meeting with our brothers and sisters God despite the weather and Lord we know that you're faithful every time to meet with us God you don't take a day off oh God hallelujah come on and speak to your church speak to us this morning God we desire we hunger for you
right now, if that's a word for you, if you're just wanting the Lord to restore you and your passion and your fire, whether your family, come on, your walk with the Lord, come on, in your walk with God and your holiness and your mindset of how you're seeing God to move in 2014, come on, right now, God, we ask that you would restore us. God, restore us right now. Jesus, come on. Come on, church, begin to lift your voice. Come on, he's wanting to do it right now. Complete restoration in our mind and in our body. God, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. Complete restoration both physically and spiritually. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, we got time for one more word. church be encouraged come on what he's spoken to you whether it was back in the day when it was last year he's faithful to complete his word he hasn't changed his mind this year come on Jesus Jesus we come before you right now God Come on, if you're in this place and that word just encourages you to hold on, to keep on pressing forward. Come on, whether you're in Bible college, whether you have a call of God in your life, whether you're trying to raise your family in the ways of the Lord, come on. What God has decreed and declared, it will come to pass. Nothing will stop it.
sing when darkness seems. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest. to you this morning 
If you could please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. Luke, four, Luke 22, 14 through 20. In just a moment, we're going to take communion together as a church family to start off our new year. For those that don't know what that is or may be visiting for the first time, we believe that communion is an ordinance in the church that we practice. There's two ordinances that we practice. One is water baptism and the other is communion. And I want us to prepare our hearts today, prepare our hearts this morning, especially for those of you who are in this room that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. You are not born again. You have not surrendered your all to God. Listen to this message this morning as we prepare for communion. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. For those of you this morning who do not have a relationship with Jesus, I want to tell you, that Jesus came to die on the cross to forgive you of your sins and to set you free. These were his very words before he departed this earth. He came as fully God and fully man to die for the sins of the whole world. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. Jesus came and he suffered and he died so that we could live, so that we could be healed so that our sins could be forgiven, so that our sicknesses could be healed and our sorrows can be taken away. If you are in this room and you say, you know what, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I don't know if it really works. I wanna encourage you this morning, I wanna challenge you. Jesus is the truth. He is the way and the life. He is the answer for the world today. And he tells us to remember him to remember his sufferings, to remember the blood that he shed on that cross, to remember that his body was whipped, beaten, bruised, nailed to a tree, so that our punishment, the punishment, the wrath of God that was against us could be put on him. And now and for forevermore, we could spend eternity with him in heaven with all eyes closed all across this room. I am speaking to those who are not right with God. You're wavering, you're compromising. You've never asked Jesus to transform your life. You have never been born again. And the Bible says that you must be born again to enter into heaven. I want you to allow God to speak to you right now for a few seconds. If you know he's tugging on your heart, he's knocking on your heart, get it right. I'm calling you. I'm drawing you closer. I want to save you. Make that decision today, right now. 
and just pray a prayer that I'm something similar. Just right now, pray a prayer in your heart, something similar to, that I'm about to pray. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart, make me new, change me, rearrange me. I surrender all. I give you my life. I give you control, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every single prayer that is reaching heaven right now, that you would come and invade their soul, that you would come and transform them from the inside out because you said, God, that the old is gone, the new has come. They will become a new creation, God. And we thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your blood that was shed so we could be saved from the fires of hell, oh God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you prayed that prayer with all of your heart this morning, we're going to have prayer workers right here to my right, your left. As soon as communion is over and we begin to fellowship, you can go to them for prayer. Say, pray for me. I want to get right with God. I want to be discipled. I want to join in what this church is doing. Amen. And as the elements have already been passed out for those that are remaining, now our hearts are here before the Lord. Let's just lift up our eyes to heaven. As the band prepares to lead us in song, Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And Lord, we remember you. We search our hearts, oh God. Search us and know us. See if there's any wicked way in us, oh God, and lead us into the way of everlasting. We partake of this way for God, a remembrance of your body. We partake of this blood in just a moment with our friends and our family, God. And we remember what you did for us. And we say, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. As the band prepares us to enter into worship once again, please find a place to sit or stand if you would like to remain standing with your husband, your wife, a friend, another family member. Let's join with Jesus this morning, remembering him as we kick off this new year. Let's give Jesus our all. Let's remember what he has done. And let's thank him for what we know he's going to do. Amen.
king of the elements, please stand up to your feet this morning. Jesus, we love you, God. We praise your name, Lord. God for what you've done and for what you're going to do we remember you we will not forget what you've done for us we thank you for this day we thank you for a new year we thank you for a new beginning and that you change and save completely we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name and everybody said amen give the Lord a hand clap this morning let's get excited Woo! God is good all the time all the time God is good praise him turn to your neighbor give your neighbor a hand clap maybe an, even a New Year's hug praise God Woo! amen let's prepare to uh, recite our confession of faith out loud together this morning the reason why we do this this is our creed this is our creed that we recite every Sunday, every week. It's our Christian worldview, how we see the world, how we see life, things that are happening around us through the eyes of Jesus and what scripture teaches us, what the Bible teaches us. So on a count of three, let's say this together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation, and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you guys spend some time fellowshipping and loving on somebody. Amen.
All right, everybody. Good to have you guys here this morning. Please make your way back to your seat. Ready to start service. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2014. Look at it. We're so happy to fellowship. Are you guys happy to be at church? I think you guys are all troopers, don't you think? True Chicagoans made it to church this morning. Welcome to MPI once again. Happy 2014. Come on, God's got great things for this year. Do you believe that? Amen. So once again, thank you for coming. If this is your first time here, please raise your hand. We just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming. And one of our ushers wants to, will bring you a brochure, give you some nice information about who we are. We have two services here at MPI. We have Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. And then we have Elevate Youth Service every Friday at 7 p.m. Elevate, make some noise. Come on, Elevate for the ages of 11 to 18 every Friday at 7 p.m. Here at MPI, we have a vision of loving God and loving people. Everybody say that with me. Loving God and loving people. The two greatest commandments that Jesus Christ gave us. Amen. And we want you to be a part of that vision. The way that we do that here is with a discipleship strategy. Connect, mentor, and send. And the way that we connect here is through life groups. Everybody say life groups. We get life at life groups, don't we? All right. Well, this is a new season that we're starting, a new trimester. So what I want to do right now is invite all of our life group leaders up here to the front. Where are you guys at? Come up here to the front. Come on, don't be shy. We are starting a new trimester here, a new quarter. And here come our life group leaders because we want every person in this room to get connected to a life group. All right? And so we have so many things going out throughout the month. I want you guys to really listen. They're going to tell you all the information, what they have going on this semester. I'm sorry, this quarter. I'm thinking about school, okay? This quarter... Everything that's going on, take down information, write down what you want to visit throughout the month, uh, maybe something that you've been wanting to join. It's a new season, so try something new. So here we're going to start off with Pastor Christina. Right, Elevate. All right, what's up, guys? We um, are Elevate Life Group. We meet every we once a month. It's the third Saturday of every month. And this month, January 18th, we're going to be meeting here at the church at 2 p.m. for a movie movie at the metro that's what we're calling it um the next month we're doing a little winter activity we're thinking about going ice skating again if there are snow we're totally going sledding okay and then on the, and then we have a little something something on the third one we're gonna do a, a pizza and game night at pastor adam's house so get ready get excited details on facebook my name is chris vitale um my wife and i do the uh encounter night life group every sunday at 5 p.m uh, tonight we will be there okay so how many of you want to worship how many of you like worship okay so if you want to get some worship in, and one thing that's interesting about Encounter Night is that we have we have directed time of worship where we you know we direct worship we pray and stuff and there's also uninterrupted undirected time of worship where you can just get into God's presence yourself personally you know with, with the music and worshiping and just let God speak to your spirit we also have a, a, a word that we give 
and specifically tonight we're going to go over our uh, it's, it's our event night we're going to go over what is your sign so if you're interested about that come on come on by uh, we're, gonna, we're actually going to divide this up into two weeks uh, just because of the weather so we can we're going to do it next week as well so next Sunday at 5 p.m. as well okay uh, so just come on by Amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Susie, and I want to invite you all, everyone, every parent here, I want to invite you to please bring your kids on Wednesday nights at 630. And I also want to ask everyone to please check us out on Facebook and like our MPI Children's Ministry. You can get all the details and information on there. This month, the last Wednesday of the month, we are going to have a pajama party for the kids. Okay, so even if you're older, you can still come join us, wear your pajamas. But every Wednesday, what we do is called Royal Rangers and Impact. Those are Christian Boys and Girls Clubs. And we mentor the children with the Word of God, through worship. We have awesome leaders that, you know, um, meet with the kids and their groups and they're doing an amazing job so I want to invite you again Wednesdays at 6 30 check us out on Facebook family night every last Wednesday of the month uh, praise God I'm a uh, pastor Jared I lead up sidewalk counseling amen that is our ministry to the abortion mills I don't call them clinics the abortion mills of Chicago and we have one that we've been frequenting on Cicero and Elston. And just a quick change for this quarter. We will be meeting at 9.30 second Saturday. We're cutting back so that all the team can get together that one day of the month. And, and then we're going to meet at the abortion clinic. That's 5086 North Elston. All the info is on the website and the flyers and that. But we're going to be meeting out there. It's always an intense and powerful time. We're going to start taking out mommy bags this quarter to give to the women there. We're also witnessing to the staff and the escorts and everybody there. And uh, it's it's a real front lines battle. And you can literally save lives out there in Jesus' name. So you can come out. Woo! Good morning. My name is Pastor Deanna. And I want to let you guys know about Evangelism Life Group. All right. Every Saturdays from 5 to 8 p.m., you can come here and get sent out to different neighborhoods across Chicago. We do them monthly, different neighborhoods. This month, we will be going to Diversity and Milwaukee. And the last uh, Saturday of the month, we have a, a huge outreach. We bring either, you know, hot cocoa or music or something out there. And so you want to come every Saturday. And then that last Saturday in that neighborhood, we blow it up that last Saturday. And so come, because you guys know Jesus came on the cross to, in this world and gave his life. So we're going to come meet here and go out and give it all for Jesus, all right? And if you guys want uh, more information, please talk to, to Rudy. He's right there, camera guy. Uh, he, he leads three Saturdays of the, of the month, and, uh, and you, so you can talk to him. And also like us on Facebook, MPI Evangelism Life Group. Right. My name is Ish, and I'm the master of fun and fellowship. <laughs> so it's like you guys were waiting for something. So every uh, once once a month on a Sunday, uh, this this month, uh, sorry, this quarter, it's going to be just awesome fun. You know, it's cold outside, so we're going to bring it all indoors. We're going to go bowling, so don't strike out. Come bowling every, uh, uh, sorry, January and February. And we're going to have a Super Bowl party. February 2nd here at the church with a big screen and surround sound. Bring your friends. We can use this as an outreach. There'll be a halftime message. 
you know, and bottom line is fellowship, you know. The most beautiful relationship that uh, we have with God is fellowship, amen. It's, that's what it's called. And, and the Trinity, they have fellowship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fellowship with one another. So let's just all be a part of that, amen. This is your church. This is your fellowship. See you there uh, once a month, January 19th, February 2nd, uh, March uh, 23rd. We also have a Facebook page. Like us there. Check out the website. We're just, it's just, we're just everywhere. Amen. We love you. Bye-bye. Amen. My name is uh, Ricky. Uh, my wife is Rachel. She's in the back doing Sunday school. But uh, we do the marriage life group. We meet uh, every uh, third Sunday of the month. And so what we're going to do is... Um, we're going to keep it indoors this time. We, that, we did the fellowship uh, the last three quarters. It was very cold. We went to Brookfield Zoo, so we're just not wanting to do that again. We're going to keep it indoors. And uh, what we're going to do is, like, we're going to study the Bible. Amen? What we want to do is for the next three months, each time we meet, we're going to study a couple from the Bible, and we want to learn from them. We want to learn from their marriage. We want to learn their ups and downs, their struggles, their temptations, how they overcame the consequences of their decisions, the blessings they received because of their decisions, and the idea is that we could apply the biblical principles to our marriage uh, that they apply to theirs so that we can continue to establish a strong, healthy, and godly marriage. Amen? So that's what we want to do. Come on out. And of course, man, come on out if you're married so that we can learn from each other as well. Amen? We all can learn from each other. We all have ideas and just things, uh, uh, ways how things go. So uh, come on out. It's going to be a great time, fellowship, and all that. So. Amen. My name is Lauren Sciansky. I'm the pastor of the Single Moms Life Group. Um, we meet every other Sunday. We were supposed to meet today. It is canceled because we can't handle the weather like it's calling tonight. So we're going to cancel that. But the next time we meet, we are. Ex I'm excited about this month. We're going to have some fellowship time. This next, the 19th, we're going to have a mommy date. How many of you know moms need a break from their kids? So we have some trusted babysitters that we're going to leave our, our kids to. We're going to go out and have a good time, come back, get our kids, and then be single mamas again. But we need the fellowship of each other. So we're going to do more of that this quarter. Obviously, we're going to have teaching too, but we are excited. This last quarter that just passed, we had a great time. These women are changing. They are winning people to the Lord. They are excited about Jesus, and it is awesome to see what God is doing in their life. So as we continue on this quarter, we're going to believe for more. We're going to see the fruit of us evangelizing. We've already had some contacts on the street that are really excited about coming to our life group. There are so many single moms in this city and in the world. So if you know a single mom, tell them about our life group. Tell them that we love them. We want to help them. We want to reach out to them. We want to pray for them. We want to love on them. Also, if you want more information, we are on Facebook, so you will find us there like everybody else. Thank you. Praise God. I'm so encouraged. I'm Pastor Berto. Uh, my wife and I lead the MPI Adult Bible Study every Friday, so if you are available on Fridays, you're free. Come on over our place. We have childcare as well, and uh, we start the day with, uh, if you want to come earlier at 6, we go evangelize, 7, we start in the dot, we get into a uh, little time of fellowship, and then worship, and then and then see what God has for the rest of the night, right? So please come on over at our place, 7 p.m. every Friday, okay? Every single Friday. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Thank you to all the life group leaders up here. Thank you for all that you do. So that's it, guys. We have so much going on throughout the entire month. There's something for everybody, so please get connected. Once again, this week's life groups, we have Encounter Night tonight at 5 p.m. for all ages. 
And then we have Wednesday's King's Kids, one of my favorites because you can drop off and you can go do something else or you can stay and hang out and really hang out with your child. Great ministry pouring into our children. Friday adult Bible study at my place, 7 p.m., just powerful time. Um, fellowship is such a rich time as we spend time together. So come join us. And then Saturday, powerful, powerful day with the sidewalk counseling, meeting at the clinic at 9.30, and evangelism at 5 p.m. Amen? All right, so the second phase of our discipleship strategy is mentor. Everybody say mentor. We want to mentor you to live like Jesus. Say Jesus. All right, you do this with one of our leaders here at the church, either an elder or a deacon. You set up a time to meet one-on-one -on -one with them. Powerful time there as well, where you can be set free and just encouraged to do great things for the Lord. And then after you graduate this, you go into the 201 class with Pastor Jared, Sundays at 8 a.m. This is called Disciples That Make Disciples, because God wants you to be a disciple that will go change somebody else's life to be a disciple. Amen? With all that being said, we want to send you out into the world to preach Jesus anywhere. Maybe God's calling you to the mission field. God is definitely calling you where you are at work, in your family's homes, everywhere. You're going to be sent out to do great things. And we have a goal. We have a goal. This is the goal. 100,000 souls in the city of Chicago. Come on, that's something to be excited about. 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. God can do it, amen? He's gonna use us to do it, amen? All right, it's time to give. Who's excited to give to the kingdom of God? It's time to prepare for tithes and offering. We're gonna do something different now. If you guys could please turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter four verses three through seven. You know, before I came to the Lord and my sister was saved, I was horrible to her. And I remember one thing that I told her specifically one time as she was reading her Bible, why do you give your money to that church? You know, where in it, I had never read the Bible, of course. And I'm like, where in the Bible does it say you need to give your tithe? And, um, you know, she, she defended the tithe as much as she could, but my heart was wrong. But it's important for believers to know why we tithe to God's kingdom. And so what we're doing here now, we're going through this book that uh, it's called the Disciples Giving Book. You can find it online. You can find it through our website. Sign up to receive it in your email. And we want to teach you about tithes and offerings. So for the next 14 weeks, I believe, we're going to be talking about this uh, specifically on tithes. This lesson is called... Lesson one, the tithe was implied in the Bible with Cain and Abel. The definition of a tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. Somebody say faithfully. All right, so if you're there with me in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. Here are the main points, things we can take away. Number one, God judges what we offer to him. Clearly, he judged between 
Cain and Abel, right? Most likely there was a standard that had already been given, probably by God to Adam and then passed down to his children and, and so forth. So number one, God judged according to the standard that he had already set. Number two, we learned that everyone can do what is right. God clearly tells Cain that if he does what is right, which is keep the tithe, the standard, his gift will be accepted. And number three, don't let sin rule over you. The opposite of doing what God commands is sin, even when it comes to giving. Thus, we are to be obedient to the standard that he has already set. So let's sum this up. The very fact that Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's was accepted implies a standard like the tithe from the time of Adam and Eve, okay? And how do we apply this to our lives? Number one, we are to resist the temptation to sin from withholding the tithe. This can be so easy. I think we can all be tempted to say, hey, God, this week, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, you know? You know, if we're struggling, real struggle, it's hard. But those are the times when we should be even more faithful to the kingdom of God. Let me tell you a really quick story. I remember when I was pregnant, and my husband and I were just married. And, well, not just married, but it was like, you know, a few months, you know. And so um, so I was pregnant. I'm like, honey, you know, I, we didn't have any money. And we just had enough for gas. Honey, I want some milk. I'm craving milk. And he's like, well, we can get milk or we can get gas. You know, which one do you want? I'm like, okay, we need gas in our car. And do you know what? We remained faithful to God during that whole time. And I show up to church one Sunday morning, and here comes Tammy, one of the deacons here, with, like, all these gallons of milk for me. And I'm like, who does that, you know? It's like, God, thank you. You know, he, it might not always come the way that you want it, but it's going to come because God is faithful and he takes care of us. So resist the temptation to withhold the tithe from God and be a tither. Always give God your best with your first fruit. Amen? So this is our confession. This is what we're speaking over our finances, our tithe, what we're giving unto the Lord. I'm going to recite it. On the, um, if you guys can say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and a curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. Keep reading. Tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, and is mandated for all and brings us into partnership with God and his church. Amen. Please stand to your feet with me this morning. 10% of our total income belongs to the Lord. When you do that faithfully, it goes to the general fund here at the church. Anything that you give above that becomes your offering. At here at MPI, um, your offering will either go to two places, either the missions or the building fund right now in this year 2014 we are raising twenty thousand dollars for a mission trip that we're taking to the philippines come on it is going to be a powerful thing and we believe by god's grace we can do that and he will use you and us to do that to raise that so please if you're going to give to offering circle missions or circle offering so your money can go there amen so right now we're going to put a scripture up here. We're going to recite this, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe that this will be the year that we become those faithful tithers, and we're going to believe God, even in the toughest of times, uh, that we're going to give, and he's going to provide everything that we need. Amen? 
Let's recite this now. Acts 20, 38. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is better to give than to receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a provider. Dear God, that we are blessed when we give to your kingdom, that you take our 10%, dear God, our little bit, dear God, and you make it, dear God, to, to be powerful in the kingdom of God, to advance your gospel everywhere that it goes. We thank you for faithful givers, Father, and I pray for those who may be struggling right now in their finances, dear God. I pray for doors to open, doors of finances to open, for debt to be cleared in the name of Jesus, for this financial burden to be lifted off of your people. I pray that we would be blessed, dear God to be a blessing to others in Jesus name we pray amen Won't you guys come up as you give Jesus, can I get a woo woo? Amen. Let me call forward the I Hoppers, those who went to the International House of Prayer Conference. Can you guys come up? Let's give a hand clap for them as they come. Young and old, dude, married and single, hot and not. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's move down more this way, Ulysses. Make some room. Let's give them a hand clap for going for the weekend. More than a week, four days, partying. And I just want to say, this young man right here, Lawrence, is such an awesome man of God. He led the team. He led this team. This young David, this mighty warrior for God, he's so cute. He's so awesome. Uh, I'm just going to hand it over to him, and he's just going to get us to testify and everything. It's just so good to see what you guys did. Amen. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I have to admit, there's nothing quite like just spending the New Year's with 30,000 other believers, going after God, seeking His presence. And uh, that's basically what we did out there. for. It's called the One Thing Conference. Uh, four days leading up to New Year's, just seeking His face, going after Him, worshiping Him. And I'm telling you, so many powerful uh, things happened there. I mean, there were just pockets of people just always praying, even during the breaks, the lunches, when people were eating, just praying with each other, praying for healing, this, that, all of that stuff was just going on. It was a picture of heaven almost. But... Uh, we have some people who are going to share their testimonies. Honestly, all these people have amazing testimonies and were touched by God, but there's a few that I want to point out. One of them is Julie. She came with us, and uh, she has a powerful testimony. Good morning, everybody. Um, when I first signed up for this, I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't even know what IHOP means. I thought they are excited about going to a pancake house. And then I asked. I, I volunteered before I even knew what it was. I just knew I had to go, and then... Um, and then I talked to I talked to Lawrence about it, and then I went online, and then I realized, wait, I, I'm not going. This is not for me. And I text Lawrence. I said, Lawrence, it was okay. You could have said, 
this is for youth only, and you're too old. <laughs> and I would have understood. And Lawrence is like, no, no, you have to come. It's really amazing. So, I could, so my husband and I, we decided to go, and we thought, up until the day, I thought, this is wrong, this is wrong, but something kept calling us. So we showed up, and it was amazing, life-changing. It gave me hope. And um, that's like the, the biggest word I can focus on was hope. And like Lawrence said, to see 30,000 young men and women, or people of all ages, mainly youth-oriented, to, to be worshiping God, you know, and to know that they want Jesus, and they want love, and they want peace in the world. And, and the, the speakers were just amazing. I mean, just, just earth-moving and just life-changing. And then we had the privilege of meeting these two amazing young men from Guatemala. This is Daniel, who came all the way from Guatemala, and, uh, and uh, Francisco. And when they first asked me, do you want, uh, can you have two men from Guatemala in your car? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I have no strangers in my car with three young women because I had Isis and uh, Stephanie, Isis and Stephanie. And, um, uh, oh, she's not here, and Jen. And I thought, okay, you girls in the back, the guys in the front. And that was awesome too, to meet these young men. They're just amazing uh, men of God, and they're doing amazing things in Guatemala, and to be able to listen and hear them, and for them it was awesome to be here too. So, And their journey to get here was pretty awesome. So you have a chance to say hi to them. We have uh, Francisco wants to, wants to uh, be go to Africa and, and do missions, and he wants to, uh, Daniel wants to be in, uh, in, the, in the, the, the country and, and, and help bring the Bible to, to, and Jesus to the people there. Pretty amazing young men. Yeah, everybody. Awesome. Powerful testimony. Thank you, Julie. Um, now we'll have the one and only, Vinny. He's going to share his testimony. All right, well, um, I mean, overall, the experience itself, it's, I mean, it's amazing, you know, you're in a different place, you know, so it, it was it was really impactful, but um, uh, not necessarily so much because it was like, oh, we went to IHOP, we went to some conference, like, we want to get blessed, go over there, it's just, we're in a position where we're going to worship Jesus from morning to night, so if you guys, like, I, I, I'm set ablaze, and if you guys want the same thing, this is just do the same thing. You can do it at your living room. You can do it here. You know, it's, it's awesome to be around 30,000 people. I want to encourage you. It's not like, you know, to find Jesus and get impacted that way. You need to go to IHOP. But it was amazing. And, uh, man, Jesus just for me. There's so many things I, I don't even know which one to bring up. So I'm just going to say that um, when it came to me and the Holy Spirit, it's like we had a, I've, you know, I had started following Christ when I was like 12. But it, until... This past, until I actually spent as much time what I did with that I did with uh, with Jesus and God this past week, it's like the voice is so clear. I can just hear God, and it's amazing. I just feel so loved and so in love, and it's it's just it's an amazing experience just to be talking about. Oh, I hear the Spirit of the Lord, and it's like, and I hear the Spirit of the Lord, and it's just amazing, and it's just amazing. So I just want to say that. Awesome, everybody, give a give a hand for Vinny. Um, and then one more. We got Ulysses over here. Yeah, one more. Just this one. Yep. yep. A <laughs> All right. I want to say, um, first I want to start by saying, I didn't know I was going to go to trip. At first, I didn't want to go. But then I was praying about it. I said, we have to go because great things are going to happen. Great things did happen. I've never prayed so much. I've never worshipped so much. It's just amazing, you know, but being on my knees. And it's just a powerful thing that I've seen. One testimony that I want to share is when I was in this prayer room where people that want to receive salvation and, I mean, speaking of tongues, and I wanted to receive that uh, anointing of speaking of tongues. 
So the pastor was saying that the problem why people they don't they don't um, <clears throat> receive that gift is because they they harden it so much. They say, oh, probably certain people don't get gifted with that. I can't get it. But the pastor saying, no, you know, if it's something your heart truly desires, you know, the Lord's gonna give it to you. And that's how I was. I was denying it. So <clears throat> I just opened up my arms and I was just crying out like, Lord, you know, you know, I want this in my heart. You know, give it to me. And I remember my eyelids were were tingling, um, my eyes were rolling back, I saw this bright light, and I was just speaking in tongues, I was speaking in tongues, powerful, thank you, thank you, like I said, all these people have amazing testimonies at the conference, obviously, it's not just about a conference and going out somewhere else, you know, the only reason why that was such a powerful time was because all those people were hungry, and all those people wanted more of God, and if we want more of God here, and get hungry here, man, even more awesome testimonies can come from that. So, amen. Amen. Let's just have you guys stand here, and let's all stand up as a congregation and just stretch our hands towards And We're just going to pray that whatever God did will remain. And then uh, we know today was a snow day. There's so many people missing. We want this next week, next month. We want their testimonies to, to just spread out across our congregation and city. So let's just pray. Father, use them, God. God, they gave up this time, traveled, spent money to go there, sacrifice, God, to receive impartation, Lord. And they received it. Now, Lord, for it, to, uh, for it to grow, God, they have to give it out. For you to give more, they have to pour it out. So, Lord, I pray they do it on their jobs, at their schools, uh, Lord, in the ministries that they're a part of, some from the other churches, the other countries, wherever they go. Let this uh, anointing continue to grow and increase. Let it spread across this city and the globe, God. Let all of us be that house of prayer, God. God, those worshipers that you're seeking after. And, and use this group here to encourage us to do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's bless the Lord one more time. Come on. You guys may be seated. Awesome. Great job, Brother Lawrence. Good job. And, uh, hey, if you're just like, man, I want to do a conference, too. I want to do that, too. Well, guess what? If you're interested in Bible college, the School of Urban Missions has its Mardi Gras conference coming up. And if you're not interested in Bible college, you can still go with another team, the Raven team. So if you want to know how to get out to Mardi Gras, how to make it happen, see my wife, Nancy, and it is the same thing. Boom, shakalaka, Holy Ghost power. So we don't know. Julie may be on like a conference high now. Go to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Who knows? Or maybe somebody else will go this time. You're never too old or young. That's why we don't talk about the ages. You know, we didn't, he didn't want to discourage you. Just whatever God had for you, we wanted you to have. And that's awesome. Also, as we get ready to start uh, the new year, I want you to look at lifechangingdevotions.com. We have an entire year of devotions for free online. I wrote them and I give them away. You can sign up by email. I want to encourage you this year, if you want to get closer to God through praying and reading the Bible, here you go, lifechangingdevotions.com. Sign up. It will come to your email or find us on Facebook. And you can be encouraged to read your Bible and to pray every single day and my wife and I now are doing it together because this is the second year of it running so I encourage couples parents with their kids over the dinner table and then click on the 30-day series my man he knew I was going to go there man I love you pastor Ellie and here's the deal if you're like man you know I don't want to commit to something that big we develop 12 30-day series so you can pick anything you want out of these series and just take one on for 30 days the God kind of life the next one is the life of promise encouraging yourself with the 
promises of the word and uh, the life of prayer, just 30 lessons on prayer. So let me just pause right here. All of you who went to IHOP, you want to be encouraged in that. Take up this 30-day 30 30 devotional on prayer, all praying, how to pray, the different names of God to pray to, Jehovah Shikinu, Jehovah Mikadash, Boom Shakalaka. It's all there. You guys check it out. Uh, it's all there on the website. And, uh, man, I just want to thank you guys for coming out today. I thought it was just going to be my wife and I. It was like apocalyptic, you know. I don't even know what's going on in the world right now. They were talking about global warming, and I was, like, thinking I was. it was just like everything was going to melt. And then now we're having the coldest days of our entire life. Like, they're saying most of us have never seen days like we're facing right now. And then, uh, you know, and then I'm, I'm somewhat of a ninster when it comes to driving with my family. When it comes to driving with me, I'll get in the car, drive 100 miles an hour, skid out on the snow. But, uh, man, I just want you guys to understand this. If you're a family person like me or you just want to be safe, we'll always have church, but you don't have to be here when it's according to weather, okay? So just look at your neighbor and say, no condo bondo. Okay, so, uh, you know, if somebody's listening to us by webcast and you stayed home, we love you, no condo bondo. Just be here next week, okay? No excuses next week. But uh, just thank you guys for coming out. I know that's a sacrifice. That's a big deal. We really know who the radical ones are now, okay? So look at your neighbor and say, you're real Metro Praise, baby. Give him a little wink. You're real. You're, you're real deal now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Those on webcast, I'm just kidding. Half kid. We're starting a whole new series with a whole new year, and the series is for such a time as this. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of Esther, for such a time as this, focusing us this new year on the vision that God has given us. God gave us, my wife and I, a vision nine years ago, and when we came to this location and restarted our church a year ago, this has been our vision, and so in all in, in total, for almost 10 years, this has been what we've put our heart on. And every year at the beginning of the year, I want to talk about what it means to us as a city, what it means to us as a church, and why we do what we do. And so I've packaged our vision of loving God, loving people, connect, mentor, send, our discipleship strategy, and our goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches and 500 around the world into this nice series based on the book of Esther for such a time as this. Isn't that just a cool winter-esque picture of Chicago? Don't you wish you could just look at that and just, you know, not worry about being cold, not worry about snow drifts getting stuck on Lakeshore Drive, not worry about getting frostbit how many just how many this this monday when it gets cray cray crazy cold how many are going to want to just run out there and say you were out there i think there's some of us that just need to go out there and just be like winter here i am come and get me and take me and and i'm going to be one of those guys and i i think some of you guys you need to be radical with me and here's the deal Post it up on Facebook. I want to see somebody post up some pictures about you being radical in Chicago saying the weather come ravish me and take me. Y'all looking at me like you shouldn't have did that, Pastor. Pastor, I'll never look at you the same. If you're with me in the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, can you say I'm there? And you can scroll down to the, we have notes on the website as well that you'll be seeing up here in blog form. Here is the key verse of the whole series out of this life, the life of Queen Esther. And I'm going to tell you about her for those of you who may not know. You're in the right place. You're going to learn today. But here's the key verse for the whole series and for today's lesson. Esther 4.14, Mordecai 
is speaking to Esther, and he says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. Somebody say perish. Thank you. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. But who knows that you may have come to this royal position for such a time as this. Look at your neighbor and say, only God knows. You see, I believe like Esther, as you're going to learn her story as we get to the introduction here, is that God has placed you in this generation and at this specific time because he knows the plan he has for you. Brother, would you bring us to the introduction, please? When we look at the life of Esther, you're going to see a woman that was brought from being a peasant to a queen, and she was actually used by God in a pagan nation ruled by one of the most wickedest kings to deliver her people. And I want you today to look at her example and then to apply it to your life. You didn't choose when to be born. You didn't choose at what time to come onto this planet or what social issues would be happening or what would be the state of the church at this generation. You never chose those things, but God did. And he brought you to this planet through your parents, to your country, to your city. He brought you through the situations you've been through, the generation you're a part of, the influences on the media. He has brought all of that about for such a time as this. For a purpose that he knew when you didn't even know yourself, he knew the purpose and the plan that he had for you. So you're not an accident. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine assignment. Everybody, everybody is here by divine assignment. And it's your choice, like they would say in Mission Impossible. Here is your mission, should you choose to accept it. You have a choice. Do I want to do with my life what God planned with it? If you don't, you live in sin, you are in disobedience, you will perish in a lake of fire for eternity. Like C.S. Lewis said, there will be those on Judgment Day that God will say uh, to them, that, uh, or rather they will say to God, how does it go, Jared, that my will be done? And he'll say, no, he'll say to them on Judgment Day, thy will be done. God will point to people and say, it's your way, your will be done. And then to others, God, those people will say to God, not my will, but your will be done. That's how C.S. Lewis said it. I want to take my time to say that quote again. Everybody listen to me. C.S. Lewis gave us a great understanding of what that end time judgment will be because a lot of times we think about missing heaven, going to hell, about you know prostitution and child molesters, and we think to ourselves, I'm not that bad of a person. But that's not what heaven and hell are about. Heaven and hell can be reduced back down to the story of Adam and Eve. And it was about obedience or disobedience. Is everybody with me now? C.S. Lewis said this. There will be those God says to on judgment day, your will be done. And that means they rejected God. They may not have been the worst of society. They may never have been uh, committed crimes. But he'll say to them, your will be done. You never wanted me. Now you get your wish. You'll be in eternity without me. You guys get that. People go to hell by choice. We are not divine fatalists here. We rebuke the lie of Calvinism and unashamedly so. We believe that God has created us in his image with the choice. And it's by that choice we will be judged. Are you guys tracking with me? So C.S. Lewis said, for the example of, the, uh, of this understanding, he said, God will say to some people, your will be done. That's what you wanted. You don't get me. 
then others will say back to God, we have said not our will, but your will be done. Who are you going to be? See, in this passage we just read, if you could just put it up there again for us, sir. Queen Esther is being given this same thing by Mordecai. And I'm going to tell you the story, but I want you to get this as I, before I get into it. Mordecai is like her uh, foster father, and he is helping Esther see that she has a choice. And listen to what he says. He says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from somebody else, but you and your family will what? Okay, so everybody get this. God does not need you to fulfill your plan for his plan to happen. Okay, so I want to just say that right up at the beginning. When we're talking about this new year and God has a plan for you and be a part of a great church and God, family, and, you know, job, you know, that's going to be our priorities. And this is how we can do it. You may thumb your nose at God and say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a part of the church. I don't want to submit my family to God. And I don't want to use my job to glorify him. You can do that if you want, but you will perish. And guess what he will do? He'll raise up somebody else at your job to reach that job. He'll raise up somebody else in your family to reach your family. He'll raise up somebody else in your neighborhood to reach that neighborhood because God still has a plan whether or not you're a part of it. So let's just say right now, Pastor Joe, I don't want to disciple anybody no more. I just want to be a crowd-pleasing preacher. I just want to say things that tickles people's ears. I just want to be the kind of preacher that draws a crowd and keeps you only here for an hour. God will say, okay, you've made your choice. Let's raise up somebody else in his place. Let's raise up somebody else. So each one of you have a calling on your life. And it's your choice to accept it. But if you reject it, it's you that suffers. It's you. So as I get into this message today, you better take it personal. Don't be thinking it's about your neighbor, like, oh, I'm all good. It's just about somebody else. No, this is about you, first-time visitor to my wife, to me. I've been preaching this to myself all this week for such a time as this. What did God bring you here for, and are you going to do it his way or your way? I want to submit to God and do it his way. I want to do things his way. I want my marriage to be his way. I want my family to be his way. I want the church to be his way i want to lead and be discipled and be a disciple his way it's his way amen do i got anybody want to do it his way Amen. Now let me just share with you the story of Queen Esther. Here's this wonderful story of her. Around 470 B.C., the Jewish people were ruled by the Persians under King Xerxes. Everybody say Xerxes. This is the same king depicted in the movie The 300, which is based off a famous battle between the Persians and the Greeks. Now, if you've seen the movie 300, you understand that Xerxes was not a nice person. As a matter of fact, he was worshipped as a god in his nation, and he conquered people and actually committed genocide. He would wipe out entire tribes, wipe out people without even thinking twice. If you understand the movie, you understand his wickedness. If you haven't seen the movie, just think of a person like Hitler who is ruling for many years, and he's worshipped as a god. This is who he is. This was the ruler over the Jewish people in 470 B.C. You see, this was the situation they were in. They didn't have a choice. Imagine you're a Jewish boy. You're, you're being brought up into things of God, and you ask your parents, why is it we're being ruled by a wicked king? 
Why is it people worship this wicked man? Your parents would have to trust God and say, God has us here for a certain reason. God has a plan. See, wickedness was all around, but God still had a plan. Are you guys tracking with the story? Okay, now this king, who is a wicked Persian king, ruling over the Jewish nation, has a queen named Queen Vashti. Everybody say Vashti. And he gets upset with her, publicly divorces her, and exiles her from the kingdom. And he says, I need a new queen. Long story short, he goes looking for a new queen. And the new queen he falls in love with, finds her to be beautiful, happens to be the Jewish girl. Esther, you guys are following with me. So this Jewish girl who's being oppressed by the Persians becomes now the queen of the entire nation because Xerxes fell in love with her. Now, number four, or number three, Haman, this bad dude who was with King Xerxes' court, he ruled in his court as a leader, plotted to destroy the Jews. He said, I'm going to kill all these Jews. And, and if you read the, the account in, in uh, the book of Esther, it's like it ain't even a big deal. King Xerxes goes, go ahead, Haman. Just go wipe them out if you want to because that's how wicked this king was. He would just wipe out people. He wouldn't even care. He was worshipped as a god. But hold on. Mordecai is Queen Esther's foster father he's her cousin by relationship but her parents had died and so she's being raised by mordecai mordecai comes to her and says hey they're going to kill us and wipe us out you're the queen you need to help now do you understand the verse that we read at the beginning he says to her those very important words maybe you've been brought here to the kingdom for such a time as this maybe God allowed us to be oppressed and you to be chosen as a queen and all of this to happen so at the right time in the right place you could do the right thing and save a people and impact an entire generation just little old you Esther but if you don't, remember, if you don't, you'll be destroyed and God will raise up somebody else. So what happens? Based on uh, Mordecai's advice, Queen Esther makes a good decision. She uh, foils Haman's plot. Then Haman is murdered, uh, put to death by King Xerxes because basically she says to King Xerxes, hey, if you murder the Jews, you're going to murder me and my people. Don't do that. And this man is plotting against your kingdom. He's not really who you think he is. And so the man plotting against the Jews, Haman, he dies. And then the end of the story, Mordecai and Esther are exalted in the nation. And God's people are protected. They set up a holiday called Purim. Everybody say Purim, which is a time of celebration where they remember where a wicked king tried to kill them, but God used a queen, a little old Jewish girl, to save them. Are you guys with me? Now look at that verse again, Esther 4.14. The key verse of this whole story is based upon this verse when Mordecai, urged Queen Esther to use her influence to save the Jewish people. He said, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will what? Will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position. Everybody say it together. For such as this. Now, before I get into the application of the church and where I see us going in this next year, I just want to ask you a question. Do you think God has you in the family, in the job, in the city, in the place you're in right now for such a time as this? 
Do you think it's any accident you've been born to the family you've been born to? That you live where you live? I don't think so at all. Every story that you tell about your life can give God glory or it can give the devil glory. You can look at your life in such a way that makes the devil look so big. Well, my parents were messed up, and then because they were messed up, oh, my childhood was bad, and because my childhood was bad, I made bad decisions, and now this is the life that I live. You know what your life story just did? You just glorified the devil. The devil, the Bible says, is a thief, and he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you look at your life, and say, all I see is darkness, all I see is pain, all I see is misery, you're basically saying the devil, his stealing, killing, and destroying is great and powerful. But when you come to Christ and Jesus makes you new and you're born again, as we described in our service today, by the way, gospel preaching will continue this whole year in every service in this church. Can you say amen? You can bring your friends in every service. They will hear the gospel presentation. And today you heard it from my wife. You'll hear it from the pastors every week. But when you come to Christ and you accept that gospel, you can now look at your life and say, God allowed me to have these kinds of parents so my heart would never trust men but look to God to be my source. God allowed me to have this kind of childhood so that I wouldn't look to riches in myself to make myself happy, but I would look to a heavenly Father who provides every good and perfect gift to satisfy all my needs. I have gone through this kind of an economy because I've learned that it doesn't come from the strength of men. It doesn't come from the power of men, but it's by the spirit of the Lord that I prosper and succeed. It's him who gives me the power to gain wealth for his covenant. You see, when you go through your life, you can either give God the glory or you can let the devil, you know, have all the gory or all the gore. So it's the glory or the core. I'm trying to rhyme it here. You guys with me? And when I, look at, when I look at my life, I look at having godly parents. And yet even having godly parents, I rebelled against everything they gave me to do for God. I was with Julian, and he came with the, you know, the trip we took to Fort Wayne. And he saw my house. He saw my family, right? We drove around the convertible. And I told him, this is all that I had. The inheritance from my parents never lacked any good thing. But yet I ran away to sleep on dirty couches, to live in my car, be homeless, and do drugs. And I shared with him, only the devil could twist my mind and make it like that. To turn what God was trying to do in my life through my parents, only the devil could do that. See, Satan hates us. See, Satan put a plot in Haman's heart and said, let's murder the Jews. Which, why is it all throughout history the Jewish people are always the first picked for mass genocide? Why? They're God's chosen people, and the devil knows this. Why, you know, while the, the Germans were committing genocide with all these other people, why did Hitler hate the Jews the most, give them the most of his attention? Because God had a plan for them, and the devil influenced his mind to thwart that plan. Have you ever wondered why temptation came to you the way it did? 
or why things happened in your life the way they did. Can I just give you something to think about? I believe the reason why you had a battle, a fight, the temptation that came to you, which was just the flavor you needed to get off track or just the words to believe to be depressed. Can I tell you why it was that way? Why you had to go through the kind of fight you had to go through? Because you have an enemy. And your enemy hates you, and he is plotting against you, not just because he hates a hipster with purple hair and a, and a scarf on today with glasses. He's not just saying, I hate your swag. He's saying, I hate your calling and the God purpose that you have, and I want to destroy you. See, why did Haman come against the Jews of all the people? Why? Because the devil was telling Haman, get them off this planet and Haman didn't even know why but you know the devil understood there's a Messiah coming through them there is a savior that's going to come through them and change the whole world let's obliterate them now so that Jesus will never come Haman didn't even understand why he did what he did against God's people but it was birthed from the very realm of Satan himself and you see you may not understand why your father your parent your friend people mistreated you abused you why temptation came the way it was but I hope you can see it today with your eyes wide open it was because the devil was wanted to destroy your purpose he wanted to take you out and if you think to yourself well that only happens to poor inner city kids no you ain't never been to the suburbs and if you think it only happens in america you ain't never been to india or another country it is happening everywhere because he is wanting to destroy us but the thing that we see in this story as we get ready to talk about the church and what it means to us is that God was there using someone in the midst of it to bring about his plan. God was preparing Esther to be a deliverer for the people of Israel. And we see this all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, Dr. Michael Brown says, most of the festivals by the Jews are like this. They tried to kill us. God deliver us. So let's eat, drink, and party. Passover, the Egyptians tried to kill us, God delivered us, now let's eat, drink, and party. That, that's, that's how they developed their festivals, because they were on the attack all the time. And you see, we feel that way as Christians and, and as non-Christians. It doesn't matter who you are, you know that there's a force against you, there's an enemy fighting against you. But what we need to see in the midst of this is that God doesn't abandon us. God will use others to help us, like he used Moses in the time of the Egyptian Holocaust. That's where those going to be. Like he used Esther here with the Persians, like he used Daniel in the time of Babylon. He uses people. And in the New Testament, those people are called disciples. And they are a part of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. They're a part of his body. And they're reaching out to the world, rescuing people from the, the enemy's grasp, taking them out of hell, plundering hell and bringing them into heaven. And that's the church you're a part of today, not just in this building, but around the world, a soul-winning, hell-delivering, redeeming church. See, that's the Esther of our generation. It's, it's godly men and women. It's my mom reaching out to me while I was still on drugs and I was acting crazy. She's like, I'm praying for you and I'm going to keep lifting you up in prayer and I'm going to do everything I can. She was an Esther in my life. I was led to the Lord by her at a kitchen table. 
Who's been that Esther in your life that brought the word of God to you? Who's that street minister that said, come to my church? Who's that friend in youth group that said, come join me here? Who's that coworker that said, you've got to hear this message. Let's do a Bible study together. Thank God for Esther's in the midst of what the devil's planning to do. God raises up leaders to thwart their plans and to deliver his people. Now, I wish he could send an angel Gabriel to do those things, but he doesn't. He chooses people like Esther. And he chooses people like you and me. And so you can look back on your life and you can either say, yeah, the devil did all this and it's gory. Or you can look back on your life and say, look what God brought me through for his Give a preacher enough time and I'll get to rhyming it. Amen. You can look back and say the devil made this so gory. Look at this mess. But no, a Christian, a believer who sees now through God's eyes says, look at what God did for his glory. Because if you never went through what you went through, you would never be able to identify with the people you identify with. When I tell my testimony about being a high school dropout, doing drugs and selling drugs, there's people in every service that go, dude, I know you. I know people just like you. I used to be like you. When there's good church kids like Lawrence that come through a good family and then repent of their sins at an age and live right for God and thwart the enemy's plans, there's other church kids that hear Lawrence's testimony and say, man, that's what I want. I'm being raised up right with God, and I want to make it to be 17, radical, and on fire. It doesn't matter what you've been through. When, when God uses you in that situation, there's people you can reach that just other people can't reach. And it doesn't mean you're limited. It just means there's such a time in such a place that your life is significant. It makes a difference in somebody else's life. And you don't have to do it. Esther did not have to do it. She could have said, you know what? Things are good for me now. I'm leaving these Jewish people behind. Ain't nobody know I'm a Jew. They think I'm a Persian. I'm going to live with King Xerxes. And let all my people die. God's, uh, through Mordecai, God said, I'll raise up somebody else. But you'll get destroyed. You know, you may say, well, I'm afraid to share my faith. I'm afraid to talk about God on my job. You know, you may have come to the Lord as a parent, and now you're trying to get your children to church, and you know when you bring them to church, it causes more problems all throughout your week. And you may want to take the easy way out and say, I'm just going to let them sleep in on Sunday so I don't have to deal with their attitude Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because when I bring them to church, they give me hell throughout the week. Or you may be a young adult here. We have a lot of them, and you're starting college or whatever, and then this job comes along, and they say, well, we just want you to work Sundays, and we just want you to be available on these days. And all of a sudden, it's just, it just X's out God in your life. And you see, you could, you could, you could step back and say, well, I don't need to do that way. I don't need to do God's plan. And what I want to encourage you with today is that your, your destiny depends on him. I know I can make this message sound a little bit better and say somebody else's destiny depends on it, but that's really not true. Because if you don't reach them, you're the one that suffers. God will send somebody else. Can I tell you why I think there's a white boy today and almost an all-Latino neighbor with a multicultural congregation living in Chicago, and I'm from the cornfields of Indiana. Can I tell you why this boy is here right now? Because I don't think there was enough people in this area doing what they were supposed to do, and God said, i got to send a missionary here. 
Now, you can think what you want about why I'm here. You can say, man, God just wanted you here as lanyard, something extra. No, but I believe God brought me here because he looked at the great city of Chicago like he looked at Nineveh, and he said, I need some more Jonas in this place. I've been trying to reach this one and that one and this one and that one, and there's only a few that haven't bowed their knee to Baal, so I want another in Chicago. Now, I can only tell you what, what God put in my heart when I drove all the way up here from New Orleans. I can only tell you what he put in my heart. It was like, God, why Chicago? Why not New Orleans? Why not my hometown? Because I'm sending you to a great multitude. And the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And then you could look at yourself, too. We're not in competition with other churches. But you could look at yourself. Why are you here today? Why are you listening to this pastor? Is it because it's such a time as this? Has God brought you here to hear about a radical vision that you hear every week? Love God, love people, connect, mentor, send 100,000 disciples. Did he bring you here to be a part of that? Or did he bring you here just to be a lump on the log? To be just a doubter? One of our speed bumps that we have to get over because you just keep getting in the way. Boom, boom, boom. What was that? Oh, those are two people we left behind because they started getting mad at us, getting angry, getting bitter at us, couldn't stop talking about us on Facebook. What was that? Boom, boom, boom. That was us just going over them. The gospel train will run over you. I don't mean to just say this to be rude, but I want to be honest with you. The gospel train will run over me. Do you understand that? That's, I'm just going to read this again. Can I just read the Bible and stop talking? Can I do that? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family and your father's family will perish. But who knows? Maybe you came to this royal position for such a time as this. Let me give you three takeaways from this life of Esther that we can apply to our life. Number one. They were oppressed, and we are oppressed. The godly people are being oppressed by ungodly people right now today. I've added some links here. Do you know that martyrdom in Pakistan, North Korea, Nigeria, and in Middle Eastern countries like Egypt and Syria is on the rise right now? And if you say that doesn't affect me, you're not even a Christian. Because the Bible says if the finger hurts, the head feels it. If the foot hurts, the body feels it. How many know we, when we stub our toe, our whole body feels it? If you don't feel a concern for persecution around the world, you're not connected to the body. I'm not talking maybe you didn't understand or know about it, but I'm saying when you hear about it, when you get informed about it and you don't care, I question whether or not you're a Christian. First John says this is true love. He laid down his life for us, First John 3.16, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Okay, So when you look around the world, you should wake up and go, hold on. Our hands are getting cut off. Our fingers are being injured. Our feet, they, they are killing us right now. Our people. You may say, well, I'm Mexican, I'm Latino, you know, I'm Polish, I'm Italian. No, you are kingdom of God now. You are a citizen of heaven, baby. You and I and all Christians, we're brothers and sisters. We all one race, the human race, and it depends on whose side of the war you're on. Are you in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? So when we say someone in Pakistan is being murdered, that should mean more to you than any other political affiliation. Believers in Christ only because of their faith. Just because they believe in Jesus, they're dying. 
right now uh, some of your mission money. Thank you for giving to missions last year. Some of that mission money from 2013, almost 500, between 500 and 800 dollars, I got to get the, 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 the final plan, is going to translate our books into Urdu to go to Pakistan to give out the books on Islam, the 101 and 201. It's already being prepared right now. K&M's friend has already requested 50 of our books to go there January uh, 25th. They ought to get in touch with them to do that. We are sending materials. We are going there. We are praying for them because it matters. Is it any coincidence you're alive in America, the most wealthiest, freest nation in the world, while Christians are dying around the world? Is it any coincidence that today you can do something about that? How about this? Not only in other countries, but right now we saw it with Phil Robertson on the media and in the TV. U.S. Christians are being mocked in the media, ridiculed in the academic world, shamed in politics, opposed in business. We had an alderman that tried to stop Chick-fil-A from putting a business in Wicker Park. Now, do you want to turn a blind eye to this? This has nothing to do with politics. This alderman, full of Satan himself, had a plot against the Christian business only because of its stance against homosexuality. He made a decision to bring his worldview into politics. The Christian worldview was attacked by him, but it was not defeated. But you're in Chicago. That happened. Such a time as this. Mocked in politics, shamed in the media, opposed in business, and rejected by those who supposedly believe in tolerance and inclusivism. So today, right now, somebody say right now. Look at your neighbor and say right here. Right here. You are in a time like Esther when godly people are oppressed. What are you going to do about it? We're not starting a militia. Okay, we're not moving to a commune and intermarrying our wives and getting weirdy. But what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do? We're going to talk about what you can do, but you need to get aware of it right now. There is a suffering that's happening in this world because of the Christian faith. Number two, what we can get from this story is that we have the influence to change the world. Now watch this. This is going to blow your mind. Just just look at your neighbor and go, boom. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind, young man. This is going to just this is just going to get you so high on the Holy Ghost right now. Are you ready for this? Queen Esther was right next to King who? What was that king's name? Xerxes, and she had influence with him, right? Do you know that by the theory that they came up as, as mathematicians, the theory of six degrees of separation that you are within six relationships of every person on the planet. Within six steps, six relationships, you can meet practically anybody on the planet. Watch. Now check this out right here. My good friend, I have his cell phone number. He texts me all the time, hangs out with Rick Warren. Rick Warren's a famous pastor, did the inauguration for President Obama. Rick Warren is friends with President Obama. I'm only two people away from the president. Only two people away. 
Y'all see the Facebook status says, I have three pastor friends that are all friends with the Chicago mayor, so I'm only one person away from the mayor. If you are friends with me, which you are, you're only three people away from the president of the United States, two people away from the mayor, unless you got another connection I don't know about. Now check this out right here. For such a time as this. Who knows that one of these messages goes to my best friend. He wakes up Rick Warren and Rick Warren gets President Obama on the phone and says, I want to make a change about abortion in America. I'm looking for somebody that's got enough guts to stand up for it. I heard about you. How do we not know that the mayor may not talk to one of these pastor friends just like they did in the days of the prophets and say, you got all these lying prophets around you that tell you all what you want to hear, but I know one prophet that won't tell you what you want to hear. Go bring him to the king's court. Come on, go get him, Mayor Rahm Emanuel. How do you not know? And I'm not trying to say, let's just go make friends with wicked people because I'm not dancing their dance, amen? They can put a quarter in the jukebox, but I ain't doing what they do. Are you listening? I ain't boot scooting boogie with them. But what I'm trying to tell you is let one word from God come from you to me to another person. It could be at the president's door by this time tonight. Has not social media already showed us that obscure, unknown people can blow up just like that? Why can't God start revival with one person getting on Facebook, telling their testimony? It gets blasted all over the social media. And by this time next week, we can't even fit the people in the doors because your influence was used by God at such a time as this. I'm not trying to give you a promise of grandeur to do something for God. I'm just telling you that the things you and I do for God can be great. But most of the time they may just be small, minuscule things. You see, what we don't understand about this person named Esther is that her time frame is 400 years away from Jesus. And what we don't understand is that even though what she did was great and awesome, Her kids and her kids and her kids still didn't see Jesus come. You see, we may be here until Jesus comes back for another generation, for the next generation, and sometimes what we do may only affect our generation. That may be true. But what we do in this generation is what we're going to be judged by. So I want you to see, yes, we can make a huge difference here. But we also have to teach the legacy to our children and our children's children so that they'll remember it's not about us, but it's about Jesus Christ who is coming back one day. And if we make his name great and we're just servants of Jesus, then when you look at the Reformation, you look at Martin Luther King Jr., you look at Billy Graham, all you see is just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as you would look from heaven's perspective, what these people would be on the planet is like lights lighting up a dark air field so that Jesus' second coming could come in. He set up lights along every generation to prepare the way of his second coming. Will you be one of those torchbearers in your generation? Will you be one of those people preparing the way for Jesus to come into this generation? Should he come? And if it's not this generation, it's the next generation, will you be faithful to pass it on so that they can hold up the torch by learning from you?
The third thing that we learn is that God gave her a plan and God gave us a plan. Now, there's many plans. There's the IHOP plan. There's the Jesus Culture plan. There's the Christ for the Nations plan. There's the uh, Chicago for Jesus plan, the School of Urban Missions plan, the Assembly of God plan, the Four Square Gospel plan, the Hillsong United plan, and there's a Metro Praise International plan. But, But understand this, that none of our plans are greater than the man. All we're saying is we're just doing our part in the harvest. So if this is not your church and you want another plan, then go ahead. Go for it, baby. But if you want your destiny and the church to line up together, this is our plan. Can you scroll to the bottom so they can see it? This is what God gave us in prayer and consecration. He told us to have a vision that we could focus our lives on. So we focus on loving God, loving people. All in favor, say aye. We're not even asking if you're not in favor, okay? There ain't no vote. (laughs) I just want you to feel special right now. In loving God and loving people, what are we going to do? We're going to love God by obeying his commands and abandoning ourselves in worship to him. We're going to love God by obeying all of his commands and abandoning ourselves in worship to him. It's all about him. How are we going to love people? We're going to love people by being good Samaritans and helping others and by preaching the gospel to them. You may not be able to help everybody and do something for everybody, but you can do something for somebody. I'm going to say that again. You may not be able to do something for everybody, but you can do something for somebody. You're going to be a good Samaritan, and you're going to preach the gospel to them because it's not just good enough they got their dental work done and some eyeglasses on their way to hell bowing down to Allah. They have to have a born-again nature with those new eyeglasses, right? We love God by obeying his commands and worshiping him. We love people by giving and helping them as good Samaritans and by preaching the gospel. Now, how do we do that? How do we replicate that? Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the nations and to make what? Disciples, thank you, followers of his teaching, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey what? All things that he commanded. So we just have a simple strategy to do that. You heard it today. Connect to the cross. Come to the service. Come to the life groups. Just be a part of what God is doing. Get born again. This whole connect thing is just plugging into God. Choose new friends. Choose new ways of doing things. Download new information into your brain. Connect. Everybody say connect. Then be mentored. Be discipled. Be poured into. Let God do something in your life you've never done before. Let him take you beyond where you've ever thought you could be. And then let him send you out. And I ask you to look at the Bible and see if you can see that kind of vision. This is the way God raised up prophets in the Old Testament, the way he did in the New Testament. And then now every church has to have a goal. Why are we here? I mean, we're loving God, loving people. We're connecting and mentoring and sending them. But God, what did you tell us to do this for? I believe there's 100,000 that God said, this is for us in Metro Praise. City of Chicago, brother, is 8 million people. That means God has got to take care of the other 7,900,000. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's why there's other churches. Amen. That's why there's other. We ain't the only ones. Praise God for New Life, Covenant, Evangel, Assembly of God, Belmont, Assembly of God, Armitage, Baptist, Life Changers, uh, you know, Living Word, all of these wonderful churches. Praise God. We're just here going for that 100,000. Amen. Now, here's how we can be a part of this, and then we're going to close out. Four things that she did that I believe we can do. Accept the calling. Mordecai said to Esther, for if you remain silent, At this time, relief and deliverance 
will come for the Jews, but from another place. See, she had to say, no, don't, don't pass by me. Don't let the gospel train run over me. I want to do this. Amen? I, I asked our preachers to preach at the end of the year so I could get refreshed and hear what God is saying. And I love how uh, my wife brought it for Christmas. And Lord willing, I want to have Pastor Jared preach for Easter. I want to give away what they call the biggest services for churches. I want to give them away to our people because they're serving all throughout the year. Let them get the home run. Are you listening to me? So I'm just just let me pray through that. But I believe as, as the Lord speaking to me, Pastor Jared's going to do Easter and, you know, and just encourage us. But I was listening to these preachers and three weeks of not preaching and you saw me sometimes I grab the mic and still preach at the end but I want to tell you something after three weeks I was like give me the mic baby it's enough mentoring it's enough sharing it's enough raise I need to preach I'm just telling you as it is Jeremiah because my heart burns within me like Jeremiah in the Bible this is what he said I can't hold his word within me it's like fire shooting up in my bones that's what you were named after a man of God in the Bible it don't matter how your parents came up with that name but that's why you got it I'm just teasing Accept the calling. I'm going to do what God called me to do. Number two, pray for a plan. Esther said, go get the people together and fast. Don't eat for three days, night or day. And I will ask my attendants to fast and pray. So this beginning of the year, you consecrate yourself before God. Pray, seek his face and say, God, what do you want me to do? And here's the three places you want to ask God to do things in your life. Number one, ask him to do things in your family. Ask him to do things in your church and ask him to do things on your job. Amen. I just don't want you to think that we're all about the church all the time and that there's not other things you do in life, okay? It's not like if you post up something on Facebook about your job, we're disappointed, like, oh, they're talking about their job. It's all about church, you know? You have to always talk about church, you know? No, that's not what we're saying. We're excited about your job. I am, as your friend, the church is, because we want you to be great at what you do. We're only here for a few hours every week, you know, but you're there on that job 40, 50 hours. You have great influence there. I love when Ishmael put up Wrigley Field and said, I'm leading a multi-million dollar project here for Pepper. We got to give it up for our brother getting influence. Amen. Come on. You know, our brother's going to be running some postal mail tomorrow. Postman. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 I can't think. What are you? What are, a mailman. There we go. Postman. I'm just in my head here. Man, give it up for a mailman going out in minus degree weather. Amen. And whatever you do, work in a warehouse, make cupcakes. You're a nurse. You're, you, you work part-time somewhere. You, you stay at home with the kids. Whatever you do, you need to pray and ask God, what do you want me to do here this year? What do you want me to do? And I guarantee you, when you look at your family, they are going to want you to provide for them, okay? It's not like God is going to say, okay, this year, stop working, stop feeding your kids. And all I want you to do is pray. That's just pray and don't feed anyone. No. God is going to say, take care of your kids. Take care of the car. You know, some of you are so super spiritual all the time. You know, and God will tell you, change the oil. You know, he's going to help you with that stuff, right? And then he's going to tell you about your job. Okay, I want, you, I want you to, you know, we had a deli, wonderful deli. Let's give it up for the deli that's here. They bring sandwiches. Thank you. God may speak to you. Okay, I want you to hire two new employees this year. I want you to serve a couple different dishes. God can speak to us. Amen? And then I would say, let God speak to you about the church. It is an important part of your life. We're not trying to say, cut out your family, cut out your job, and just think the church all the time. That's all your only purpose and plan is to be here for us. No. We're saying you do have a plan for your family. You do have a plan for your job or your school but you should have a plan for the church, so pray as well and say, God, what do you want me to do here this year? 
Should I join the 201, become an elder or deacon? Elders and deacons, should I start a life group? Can I help out other existing life groups? Can I bring my friends and family here? Can I help with the worship team? What can I do? Number three, be bold and speak up. Esther had to make that choice, and here's what Esther said. I will go to the king even though it's against the law and I may perish. You see, it was against the law even for the queen to come unannounced to the king. And she understood that if I walk into his courts and go, dude, I want to talk to you, he could even kill her. Remember how she got the gig to begin with? Vashti, her predecessor, got kicked out, right? So this is a real wicked cray-cray king. But, yes, she goes, I'm willing to take the risk. Some of you need to be like that with your job. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to dream big here, come up with creative ideas. Some of you need to be willing to take the risk to talk to coworkers. Some of you need to be willing to take the risk with your family. Some of you God is calling to homeschool, and it may be a difficult task, and you may be thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it. But God says, take the risk. I'll meet you there. Others of you, God may be saying, I want you to give big this year, and you don't know what's coming, but I got blessings coming your way, but you got to trust me now. Pledge something to the missions fund. Do something that goes beyond you. Be bold. See, step out and do something great for God. How did people, did Peter walk on water, sitting in the boat, studying the, the molecular structure of H2O? Well, let me see here. Jesus is out there. Let me just look at this through a microscope here. Jesus, I don't know if we can. No. Hey, Jesus, I'll meet you on the water. And that's how he did it, too. I'll meet you out there. Band, would you come? Everybody, would you stand up with me? Would you bless the Lord if you're happy to be in church here in the Word this morning? And lastly, pass on the instructions. The Bible records that Mordecai went away and carried out what Esther had said. So in summary, we're starting a new year. And I believe that we're in our lives, in this generation, in the skin, the shell of a body from our own parents for such a time as this. I believe the reason why you have a job the way you do, that you have the friends that you have, is all for such a time as this. And God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Do you want to take him on and do it his way? I can't promise you what a year from now will look like, but I can promise you this, God will use you this year. I want to just go through that list today of those three things that you're believing God for this new year and you want to hear what his plan is. Would you just close your eyes with me? Just an attitude of prayer. You can keep them open if you want. I'm going to close them because I just want to think about Jesus. But I want you to hear my voice. I'm going to just right where you're at, ask you to identify with one of three things. I know all three of them are for us. It's going to be family, job, and church, okay? But I want you to identify with one just for right now so we can pray together. Where do you think you need the most amount of wisdom and guidance in right now? Just meditate as you're listening to my voice. Which one do you really need just a word from the Lord in? Your family? Do you need direction? Maybe you're single, ready to mingle. Maybe you're married and you need to change some things. Maybe it's on the rocks a little bit. It's a little shaky. 
or maybe your children are on your heart and you just need a word, you just need a direction, or maybe it's something financial in your family. It doesn't matter, just is that it? Or number two, is it your job? And when I talk about job, I'm also talking about those of our ministers here who are into full-time ministry. Do you need a word from God about your job? Do some of you need to switch jobs? Do you need pay increases? Do you need different benefits? Do you want to accomplish certain things that you really want to see happen? For those that are called into ministry, we have a Bible college that's based out of here. Do you have a calling in your heart that just burns and you just want to see God use you? You just want to see him change the world through you. Can you identify with that today? Like I said, I know all three of them are for everybody, but I just want you to identify with one. And then lastly, is it your, your job or, or, excuse me, the church? And you're just saying, you know what, my job, my family, it is good. God is blessing me. I'm right on track. You know, I got a solid job. My family's good. But, man, I'm burdened for the local church, Metro Praise. I just want a word this year to reach my neighbor. He's never come to church, but I want this to be his year. Or I want my parents to come. Or I want God to use me wherever I go, my job or one of these ministries. I want to start something, volunteer somewhere. Okay, now that I've said all three, which one are you identifying with? Just today, just right now. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to ask Jesus for the next few moments. I want this to be a time of meditational prayer before we go. Just ask the Lord to speak to you in that one area right now. Just, just something. It doesn't have to be at all. God knows that you can pray tomorrow and all of that. But I want him just to encourage you right now by speaking something regarding that. Because he says, my sheep know my voice. Lord, speak to your people. Come on, man, just sing something out prophetic just as you're thinking about that and let God speak to you. Speak to your people, Jesus. Some of you may want to write it down. You may want to, uh, you know, journal it. That's okay. Just I don't want you to leave yet. I want you to soak it in. And I'm going to stop talking right now. But I want to make sure we set up the atmosphere for God to speak to you in one of those three ways. Because you've got an enemy who wants to destroy you. But you have a God that wants to uphold you and perform a great work in your life. And all of us can get a word from the Lord right now in that direction. Come on, turn up the band a little bit. I just want to give you about 60 seconds. Seek his face for your word this year. seconds. This is you and God right now. Is there any esters in this house that God is wanting to use in your family, on your job, in the church?
For such a time as this, for such a time as this, God has brought you here. Everything you've gone through has been for His purpose, for His plan. As altar workers come forward right now, I just want to agree with you for those three areas. For those that had a heart for your family, right now would you just raise up your hands. I want to pray for you. God, those who had a heart for their family, speak to them this week. Give them, God, the, 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 the unction, God, the function in their family, uh, the ways to reach their family, the way to do devotions, the way to get married, the way to have a healthy marriage, the, the way to raise their kids, to budget their money, to be positive in the home, to break addiction, generational curses off of their life. God, I pray you bless those who are just right now stretching out and reaching for your blessings in their family. Make them Esther's, God. God, use them to be a blessing to that family. For those of you who said, I want God to use me on my job, just raise your hands right now. I'm praying right now for favor, for education, for new jobs, for promotions, for you to reach your coworkers, for finances, for blessings, for wisdom, creative ideas, for success, for souls, for a, a generation to be saved. Whatever it is, come on right now if that's you, just agree with me that he's going to give you that word. He's going to speak it to you. Amen. Come on, and those who want to do something great in this church, of course, that should be everybody, but I'm talking about you're just going to make a big move this year. You're going to do something different. You're going to reach out. You're going to touch a life. You're going to join the 101. You're going to start a new life group. Right now, God, you see those here. Use them this year, God, in greater ways. Bless their lives. Let the church, God, be blessed by them. Give them creative things to do. Let people be attracted to them. Let, let souls be saved, God. Come on, can somebody say amen? We're going to close out here today with altar workers ready to pray with a worship song. Can we get an exciting one? An exciting song to sing. Everybody, can you look up at me, please? We love you, my wife and I. We love you so much. Are you guys ready to do this again for one more year? Come on, man. We love you guys. Amen. I'm going to clap for you. Thank you for making 2013 awesome. Uh, at the end of the month, we're going to tell you all that we did with the finances. You'll get your end of the year giving report. Uh, you know how you gave to the church and all that. But I just wanted to say thank you. We almost oh, want to cry right now, man. My wife and I, we, we just, we love you. We pray for you. You're more than just church members. You're more than even friends. You're family. Just thank you. Thank you. Amen. Let's hold somebody's hand in that atmosphere of a family prayer. And I'm going to ask that, uh, Jessica, would you close us out in prayer today? Father God, we just thank you, God, for your presence, God. We love you, God. We bless you, God, right now, God, as you just talk to us throughout the week. God, talk to us today, Lord God. Whatever word we ha you had for us in our hearts, God, I pray that we are obedient to it, God, that we all be Esthers. And wherever we go, Lord God, and I just pray for blessings and safety, God, going home today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap for them one more time today. Amen. God bless you. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, stay warm. <laughs>